Good morning. I am Maria Jenkins, and I serve UCE as Youth Advisor and Interim DRE. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's online Zoom service. We are a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free-thinking, spiritually questing individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome a full range of theological perspectives, as well as a full range of spiritual traditions and practices. As a Unitarian Universalist, UU congregation, we strive to be a community where everyone is able to fully participate. Whether you have been part of our congregation for decades, or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of the past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout rooms once the service has ended. We invite you to place your name and contact information in our online guest book, which you can find on the uce.ca website. Today, we gather together in gratitude on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. As part of that relationship, we are sharing with you the new Indigenous names that have been given to Edmonton's 12 redrawn municipal wards. The names were chosen by a panel of 17 Indigenous women, the Committee of Indigenous Matriarchs, and approved by City Council in December 2020. Today we share with you Ward 5. The O'Damon Ward is in the central or heart of Edmonton. Our UCE building is located in the O'Damon Ward. O'Damon is the Anishinaabe word for strawberry or heart berry. The strawberry is a traditional medicine which guided the Anishinaabe understanding of the deep connection between mind, body, spirit, and emotions. The Anishinaabe refer to a large group of tribes living across Canada and the Northern United States. Members of the Soto tribe live in our area. Good morning. I'm Reverend Leanne Washington. I'm serving as the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's interim minister. You may notice something a little new about my appearance. I was recently reminded that I have not been sharing my beautiful, if small, collection of stoles with you, meeting informally as we are. So I've decided to share what I have with you, starting with one of the two handmade stoles that I received as gifts from the two congregations that discerned independently, and then together that I was ready for the ministry and ordained me in a joint ceremony. This stole was made by Diana Jamison, a local artist from my sponsoring congregation and was presented to me at the joint ordination. It is one of my prized possessions. <laughs> now enough about me. Our theme for the month of April is becoming. As human beings, we are always integrating new experiences and deeper understandings in ways that we hope will lead us to become better versions of ourselves. The more self-reflective we are, the greater the chance that we will recognize opportunities to become wiser, more compassionate, and more effective as agents for good in the world. Similarly, the spiritual life at UCE is ever developing as it integrates new experiences and new relationships. The more self-reflective you can be with regard to congregational life at UCE, the more likely that UCE will recognize opportunities to expand its reach, deepen its relationships, and accomplish its mission. During our service today, we will be engaging in communal self-reflection. 
by appreciating the spiritual practices around the Muslim observance of Ramadan, we'll better understand the interplay between individual self-reflection and connection to community. We will also take a lesson from an old Jewish folktale from which today's message gets its title. Why weren't you more like Zushya? We will take lessons from these two Abrahamic religious traditions, Judaism and Islam, and apply them to UCE's journey of self-reflection during this transition period. Incorporated in today's service are two self-reflective questions about UCE as a community. What is missing for you here at UCE? And what stands in the way of UCE fully becoming UCE? Your answers to these questions will provide UCE's leadership with a deeper understanding of what aspects of congregational life could use some attention and of what forces or events have thus far thwarted UCE's ability to fully realize its mission. This is powerful knowledge that will inform the board, the staff and lay leaders as they strive with you to manifest the beloved community at UCE. Sometime, in the not too distant future, after participating in this important work of self-reflection for yourself and for UCE, you will look back on this interim period and say, the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And UCE will be in full blossom. My ministerial mentor, Reverend Chip Rausch, serves First Unitarian Church of South Bend, Indiana. He's written this morning's invocation titled Transfiguring Love. Uncertain that I had a firm grasp on what transfiguring actually means, I looked it up and discovered that Transfigure is a verb which means to transform into something more beautiful or elevated. And that's exactly what we are all about right now. Transforming UCE, a community already full of beautiful souls, into something even more beautiful or more elevated. Reverend Chip reminds us that deeper than DNA, more fundamental than molecules or quarks, at our living core, we are wholeness and transfiguring love. We often forget that power, becoming lonely or resentful, comparing ourselves to others, acting out our fears rather than living our glory. Occasionally, we rouse from our trance to remember our wholeness. And for a time, we embody unsentimental love. We make efforts to wake others and to remain fully present ourselves. Our lives and our time here together are made sacred by our striving. For this sacred hour and for the rest of our lives, may we be more aware of the spirit of life evolving through and among us. Now, let us join in worship. We begin our sacred time together as congregations around the world do by lighting our chalice. As we light our chalice, Jennifer Hinchcliffe will share words written by Tim Haley, a retired UU minister serving in the Pacific Northwest. As we come together amidst all the noise in our lives, we take this moment to reflect and to give thanks for another day to give thanks for all those in our lives who have brought us warmth and love, to give thanks for the gift of life. We know we are on our pilgrimage here for but a brief moment in time. Let us open ourselves here now to the process of becoming more whole, of living more fully, of giving and forgiving more freely of understanding more completely 
the meaning of our lives here on this earth. With mics muted, please join in singing this upbeat rendition of hymn number 360, Here We Have Gathered. community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. Normally, you are invited to share a personally significant joy or sorrow in the chat room and I read them out loud. Today, however, in order to give us ample time to answer the questions posed during our service, you are invited to share a joy or sorrow in the chat box during the musical meditation. I will not be reading them aloud. Now, I invite you to enjoy a moment of reflection as you listen to a flute meditation.
April 12th was the first day of Ramadan, the Arabic name for the ninth and holiest month of the Islamic calendar. It's believed that Muhammad, the great prophet and founder of Islam, revealed the Quran to Muslims in the month of Ramadan. My friend, Hannah Alaudin, and her family are observing Ramadan. She will join me in the main room after today's service and will be happy to discuss Ramadan with us then. The Night of the Moon, written by Hannah Khan, is a children's story that my friend, Hannah, and her daughter, Nissa, often share with friends and classmates as a way to introduce them to the various practices involved in the observance of Ramadan. Nissa has graciously shared with us a recording of herself reading The Night of the Moon. Night of the Moon by Hannah Khan. It was bedtime and Yasmin waited for her mom to read her story as she did every night. But this night was different. Mom came into her room and pulled back the curtains that hung over the window. Come and take a look at the moon, she said. What's so special about the moon? Yasmin wondered. See for yourself, Mom said. The tiny little line? Yasmin asked as she squinted into the darkness. I can hardly see it. That's because it's the moon's first crescent. Mom said, it means a new month is beginning. A new month, Yasmin asked, but it's only the 17th. It's a new month in the Islamic calendar, which is based on the moon, Mom explained. Long ago, people used the shape of the moon to keep track of the days. They'd watch the moon grow bigger till it was full, then smaller till it disappeared. When the moon reappeared, the new month would begin. Like tonight, Yasmin said. Exactly. Do you know what month is starting tonight, Mom asked? The month of Ramadan, Yasmin answered. Yasmin had been looking forward to Ramadan. It was a time filled with delicious foods, new clothes, lots of parties, and her favorite thing ever, presents. At school the next day, Yasmin was proud when her class had a discussion about Ramadan. Her teacher, Mr. Sanchez, told the class, during the month of Ramadan, many Muslims fast each day. Does anyone know what this means? Yasmin did. It meant that people don't eat or drink all day long, she shared. You wake up before sunrise and eat, and then you don't eat anything else until the sun goes down. Everyone had lots of questions about fasting. They especially wanted to know if kids had to do it. Little kids don't fast, Yasmin said, but maybe I'll try it for a day next year. Yasmin imagined a day without lunch or snacks or even a drink of water. That afternoon, while Yasmin and her little brother Bilal had snacks at home, Yasmin asked if her mom was fasting. She asked if it was hard. It can be hard sometimes, but I don't mind, mom answered. Fasting helps me remember to be grateful for the food I have and to be more patient. As the sun started to go down in the sky, Yasmin helped her mom pile a plate high with fresh dates and prepare a pitcher of milk. These were traditional foods to eat after breaking a fast. Finally, sunset came and dad passed around the dates and said a little prayer. Everyone bit into the sweet, chewy fruits together and the first day of Ramadan was over. Then it was time for a special dinner with everyone's favorite foods. That weekend, that weekend, Yasmin's family went to her cousin's Hamza, to her cousin Hamza's house, for the first of the many Ramadan parties. Her uncle and her aunt served a big dinner for beef kebabs, grilled vegetables, and fresh bread. There were tons of desserts, everything from chocolate fudge to rice pudding. After dinner, Yasmin peeked peeked out the window at the moon. It looked like it was stuffed with good food too, since it was now a thick crescent. The next week, mom and dad spent hours in the kitchen cooking up huge pots of food to bring to the mosque. Yasmin and Bilal made cupcakes too. Ramadan is a time for sharing, dad explained. Not everyone has as much to eat as we do. The mosque was filled with people that weekend, and soon all of the cupcakes were gone. As Yasmin walked outside, even after evening prayers, she felt good with helping others. She looked up at the moon, which was half full now, like a half-eaten cupcake. 
The days of Ramadan quickly flew by. Every night, Yasmin looked for the moon. One night, when Grandma was visiting, she and Yasmin went for a walk after dinner. Together, they saw that the moon was a brilliant circle. It's so pretty, said Yasmin, wishing she could see it closer. SubhanAllah, said Grandma. That was what Grandma said whenever she saw something beautiful. It has her way. It was her way of saying things were beautiful. The full moon meant that Ramadan was already half over. Yasmin couldn't believe it. The next weekend, it was time for Yasmin's family to have a Ramadan party. Lots of friends and family came over in the evening for a big backyard barbecue. Dad set up a trampoline in the yard, and Yasmin, Bilal, and Hamza took turns leaping towards the stars, pretending they were on the moon. Meanwhile, a real half-moon shone in the sky. Over the next weekend, Yasmin watched as the moon slowly changed to a crescent, and then to a thin line. The month of Ramadan was coming to an end. Finally, one night the sky was moonless. As hard as she could, as she looked into the blackness outside her window, Yasmin couldn't find the moon at all. There's no more moon, Yasmin announced to her family. Yasmin couldn't wait for tomorrow, when the moon's first crescent would appear for a very special night, the night of the moon. The night of the moon meant that Ramadan was over and the following day would be the holiday of Eid. When the sun set that, evening, that next evening, Yasmin's family went to the community center for a night of the moon celebration. Decorated with lights and shiny balloons, the place looked magical. There were lots of stalls for people, where people sold clothes, jewelries, toys, snacks, gifts, all from different countries. Yasmin brought some green metal bangles from India that jingled on her wrist. Bilal got a big red hat with tassels that came from Turkey. And mom picked new clothes for the family to wear on Eid, including a pretty green dress for Yasmin. Later that night, Yasmin had her hands painted with henna paste in a beautiful pattern with moons and stars. The paste left a dark, dark orange dye on her palms that would last for about a week and then fade away. Yasmin was excited to show her friends at school. When the family got home that night, Yasmin caught a glimpse of the moon's first crescent. So thin, it was like a faint line of chalk in the sky. The next morning, Yasmin woke up to the sound of Bilal shouting, Eid Mubarak. This was the traditional greeting of Eid, a very happy day for Muslims all over the world. After a big breakfast together, Yasmin and her family dressed up in their new clothes and went to the mosque for Eid prayers. Everyone gathered on the lawn to wish each other a happy holiday and exchanged three hugs of Eid. Then Yasmin's family visited friends and relatives for the rest of the day. Everywhere they went, Yasmin and Bilal received little gifts of money called Eidi. For Yasmin, though, the best part of the holiday, better than the henna, the new dress, and the Eidi money she collected was the surprise she got at bedtime. Mom and Dad called her to the family room and handed her a big box wrapped into a shiny silver paper. It's an Eid present, Yasmin, Mom said, smiling, to help you watch Ramadan to come again next year. Yasmin tore the paper off the box. It was a huge telescope. She stayed up, with, she stayed up late with Dad, putting it together and setting it up in her bedroom. Then she took a look from, up from the sky, and this is what she saw. SubhanAllah, Yasmin whispered as she looked into the wonderful moon. She couldn't wait for the Ramadan next year. This lovely story introduced us to the outward indications of an inward experience. Adult Muslims during Ramadan engage in a deep spiritual reflection and intentional self-improvement. They're encouraged to show compassion, generosity, and mercy to others. They make a special effort to exercise patience and to control their anger. In other words, during this time, a whole month, mind you, Muslims are intentionally trying to embody good moral character and habits. Habits which they hope will, by this extended practice, become second nature to them throughout the rest of the year. Throughout Ramadan, a person moves through a continuous cycle beginning with hours of individual fasting and self-reflection 
and then moving to a communal and celebratory breakfast with family and friends. This repeated cycle reminds us that our spiritual devel development, our becoming whole, involves the interplay between our own individual spiritual practices and self-reflection and our connections to a larger community. It is through just such an ebb and flow, just such an interplay, that we, as Unitarian Universalists, come to better understand ourselves and each other. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn <clears throat> number 1011, Return Again, written by Rabbi Shlomo Karbach as an invitation to turn inward and return to the home of your soul. was a timid man who lived in a humble abode and lived a humble life. One day he stood before his congregation and he said, when I die and have to present myself before the celestial tribunal, they will not ask me, Zusha, why were you not like Moses? Because I would say, Moses was a prophet and I am not. They will not ask Zusha, why were you not like Jeremiah? Because I would say, Jeremiah was a writer and I am not. They will not ask Zusha, why were you not like Rabbi Akiva? Because I would tell them, Rabbi Akiva was a great teacher and scholar and I am not. No, when I die, and have to present myself before the celestial tribunal, I fear that they will ask, Zusha, why were you not more like Zusha? And to this, I will have no good answer. Rabbi Zusha was an early Hasidic rabbi. It has been said that the moral goal of Hasidim is to fully become oneself. And that a Hasid believes that just because something is certain a certain way now, doesn't mean that it should remain that way. In fact, it probably means that there's room for improvement, transformation, or even, reinvent, even reinvention. This includes the Hasid's own self. 
During this time period, this interim period, you've been invited to participate <clears throat> in UCE's self-reflection. Let me try that again. During this interim period, you have been invited to participate in UCE's self-reflection. Over the last couple of months, the interim transition team has asked you to answer three important self-reflective questions. What do we stand for? What brought you here? What keeps you here? Your answers to these questions are helping all of us better understand what values and characteristics make UCE uniquely valuable in the world. They help the board, the staff, and lay leaders better understand how you are experiencing being a part of this beloved community. These three questions have focused on the positive aspects of participation in our religious community. Today, you are being asked two more questions that will require you to engage in some constructive criticism. This may make some of you a little uncomfortable but rest assured that constructive criticism kindly offered is gratefully received. The first step in any process of self-reflection that results in growth is the willingness to admit that there is, in fact, room for growth. We cannot heal what's broken or salve a wound that we refuse to acknowledge or that we cannot see. Your brave answers to today's questions will begin the process of UCE's healing and transfiguration into a healthier and more effective agent for good in the world. Now, we invite you to discuss with others in your breakout room what is missing for you here at UCE. As you contemplate what it is that is missing for you, remember that sometimes what we perceive as our greatest strength can also be our greatest weakness. And please keep an open and non-judgmental mind as you hear what others have to say. Their experiences may be very different from your own. This is an exercise in naming, not in defending or explaining. We will try to put you in groups of four and give you about eight minutes. That's about two minutes per person. And then we'll bring you back into the main room. Once you're back, we ask you to share your answers in the chat box. As you do so, please let us know the number of people who are in your group so that we can get an accurate account of the participants. Now, if we can, we're gonna put you in, you're returning to the main room. Please share your answers to the question, what is missing for you here at UCE? Uh, in the chat box and include the number of people who were in your group. We're going to give you a few seconds to do that. Um, I am going, I'm not going to read the answers today um, to save us some time as we go forward toward the second question, but you will be able to read what's in the chat box and um, the transition team will be putting together a composite answer as we've done for the other questions and that will be shared with the congregation. Um, so I expect that it's difficult to hear what some people have identified as missing. Understand that everyone's experience is different and that in a community such as this, some people may, for instance, feel deeply connected while some may be finding it difficult to connect. And that's okay, because there isn't anything missing that can't be made manifest. When we truly know ourselves, we are better able to see each other and to truly understand each other's experiences. Then, with love, we can turn the world around. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 1074, turn the world around. Living in the fire 
let a river wash the mountain fire make the sunlight turn the world around heart is of the river body is the mountain spirit is the sunlight turn the world around we are of the spirit truly of the spirit only can the spirit turn the world around transfiguration, it's helpful to consider what past actions or inactions, what unexamined ideas or what ingrained patterns of behavior are now working against UCE's full realization of its potential as a beloved community. In a moment, we'll place you back into breakout rooms where we ask you to answer a variation of the question that Rabbi Zushia feared. The question is, what stands in the way of UCE fully becoming UCE? Or you might think of it as fully becoming the beloved community. Again, we will give you about eight minutes and then we'll bring you back into the main room to share your answers in the chat box, noting again, the number of people in your group. all for returning to the main room and please share your answers in the chat box and note the number of people in your group. The next step after thoughtful self-reflection is the recognition that we all have played a part in what is missing and what is standing in our way. We are humans and as humans we will miss the mark from time to time, intentionally and unintentionally. In order to open the way for true transfiguration, we will need to forgive ourselves and each other for those times in which we have missed the mark. The universalist approach to human relations is to never judge or condemn someone indefinitely. We hold on to the hope that arises from the notion that no person is beyond redemption and that reconciliation is always possible. That no matter what, we can begin again in love. With mics muted, please join in singing the call and response hymn number 1037, We Begin Again in Love. I will issue the call and you are invited to sing the response. We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again For each time that our fears have made us rigid and inaccessible. We forgive ourselves and each other. For each time we have struck out in anger without just cause. We forgive ourselves and each other. For each time that our greed has blinded us to the needs of others. We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. 
selfishness that sets us apart and alone. Ourselves and each other, we begin again in for falling short of the admonitions of the Spirit. ourselves and each other, we begin again in For losing sight of our unity, ourselves and each other, we begin again in For those and for so many acts, both evident and subtle, which have fueled the illusion of separateness. Forgive ourselves and each other, we begin again in Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit. For no, for no matter how much or how little we have, and the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and to offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website at uce.ca and click on donate in the upper left corner to find the donation method that suits you. For the month of March, we encourage you to also support the Unitarian Universalist Office at the United Nations. Please visit their website for more information about them and you can find a link to the UU UN office on our church homepage at uce.ca. Now with mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 402, From You I Receive. together to a close, I just want to make sure that we express our gratitude to those who have made today possible. Jan McMillan, who opened our Zoom room for the service and greeted everyone. Andrew Mills, who created our slides and ran them today. Maria Jenkins and Jennifer Hinchcliffe, our readers. Ruth Marriott, who's recording our service and who will post our recording on YouTube and SoundCloud. And Karen Belita, who is managing our breakout rooms. I also want to express a particular gratitude for the interim transition team, who in no particular order are Ruth Patrick, John Pater, Lynn Turvey, Graham McFarlane, Louise Cherich, and Yvonne Miro. Today, we've done some difficult and important work. Thank you. As the integral parts of this community that is bravely striving to, striving to become the beloved community, we need each other. Reverend Dr. Kristen L. Harper is the senior minister of the Unitarian Church of Barnstable, Massachusetts. She was the second woman of African descent called to a UU church through the UUA settlement process. 
And this short reflection, she articulates for us our need for community and our hopes for meaningful transfiguration in our lives. I do not wish to breathe another breath if it is not shared with others. The breath of life is not mine alone. I brought myself to be with you, hoping that by inhaling the compassion, the courage, the hope found here, I can exhale the fear, the selfishness, the separateness I keep so close to my skin. I cannot live another moment, at least not one of joy, unless you and I find our oneness somewhere among each other, somewhere between the noise, somewhere within the silence of the next breath. As we close our service by extinguishing our chalice, Jennifer Hinchcliffe will share with us words written by Ben Sewell, a lifelong UU from New England, titled, Consider the Light. Let us hold a quiet moment now as we extinguish our chalice. Henry David Thoreau wrote in his journal on February the 2nd, 1841, a child asked his father, what became of the old moon? And he said, it was cut up into the stars. Consider the light, light out of darkness, light begets light. The light which the God of Genesis brought out of the darkness is the light that became our world. Our sun's light reflecting off our moon is eclipsed, but then returns to us as our earth quietly moves out of its way. In our current scientific understanding of the origins of the universe, the light of everything that exploded from not quite nothing is the light that became the maybe, everything of which we are barely a part. This light we now extinguish becomes a light for each of us to carry forth. As we find our way through the shadows on our path, let us be grateful for the light in our lives, even as we honor the dark from which the light came. May you be peaceful and at ease. With mics muted, please join in singing our closing hymn, Carry the Flame. worship service this morning, Gloria Krenbrink will formally announce the congregation's upcoming annual general meeting and Karen Belita will instruct us on how to participate. Gloria? As board secretary, it is my pleasure to announce the annual general meeting of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, which will be held via Zoom online on Sunday, uh, Sunday May 2nd, 2021 at 11.45 a.m., so shortly after the service. The business of that meeting will include staff and committee reports, election of officers and members of the Board of Trustees, elections to congregational committees, selection of delegates to the CUC annual meeting, and of course, consideration of the operating budget for the upcoming year, July 1st, 2021, to June 30th, 2022. And uh, if you have by some mistake not received the email with the AGM package, you can find that package on the UCE website. Uh, just go down a little ways on the homepage and you'll see a link to the AGM and there's your package. And now Karen. Hello everyone. So, when we're in the AGM, 
people will need to raise their hand virtually. So not putting it up in front of your face, your physical hand, you need to be able to raise your hand virtually. I have been waiting in the lunch bunch uh, every Tuesday um, for to assist people with Zoom. I will be there every Tuesday in April at noon. You can also email me or call me if you have questions. But right now, how about everybody practice raising their virtual hand? So you go into your reactions. So you may have to wiggle your mouse around. It depends on what type of device you have. You go and raise your hand. So it's the button that actually says raise hand, not the one that's clapping, but the one that's raised hand. It will allow us to show who has raised their hand first and have people in order. So I see some people have raised their hands. Some people are doing the clapping. We don't want the clapping. We want the raised hands. We don't want the smiley faces, the raised hands. So can I just interrupt? Mine was under participants. It wasn't under reactions. Yours is under participants? Yep. And what type of device are you on? Uh, a, a PC, not a, a, yeah, I don't know. It's Same as Susan. Same that's, here. That's yeah. the different devices. So I want everyone to practice that and you can meet me on Tuesdays or contact me to practice another time. So we will go on with the announcements, but if you have questions, please call or email me. My information is in the newsletters and in the Friday emails. All right, so this concludes our worship service this morning. Please feel free to take a short comfort break, get a cup of coffee and watch our weekly announcements as they slide by. In a few minutes, you'll be invited into a randomly assigned breakout room for conversation and coffee to bring a cup. You may accept the invitation to join a breakout room. You may decline the invitation or you may accept the invitation and then when you're ready, return to the main room. Hannah and I will remain in the main room for a little while. I'll be here for a whole hour for questions and comments about the service and general discussion. I believe that Hannah will only be able to be here for a few more minutes. So if you would like to speak to her, please stay in the main room and then you can accept your invitation to a breakout room. Mm -hmm. 